The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Hard Shoulder, Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock this evening. The year of our Lord, eighteen twenty-three. It was a tumultuous year for many in France. Forces invaded Spain to restore Ferdinand VII as absolute monarch. The 100,000 sons of St. Louis that army became known as in England. William Webb Ellis, they say, picked up a football, ran with it and dived in the ground, thereby inventing the sport of rugby. We got the Monroe Doctrine in 1823. We got the first edition of the Lancet. We got a new pope in Leo XII. Thomas Francis Marr, he was born the young Irelander and the US Civil War Brigadier General. Edward Jenner. He shuffled off this mortal coil, the man who invented and gifted free of charge to the world the smallpox vaccine. King George IV was technically our king here. And because the Act of Union had come and gone, Robert Jenkinson, second Earl of Liverpool, was our Prime Minister in Dublin. The MPs, the famous Henry Grattan and Sir Robert Shaw, Bushy Park and Terenure, that was basically his back garden. Elsewhere in Ireland, the Royal Hibernian Academy was founded in 1823. Daniel O'Connell established the Catholic Association. And right in the midst of all of it, on Fleet Street, in the centre of Dublin, the Palace Bar first opened its doors and those doors are still open today. A huge occasion. They are marking 200 years pulling pints and pouring shorts and it is something we are absolutely privileged to be a part of. We are broadcasting from the Palace Bar on Fleet Street uh, today and we have a stellar, stellar lineup of guests uh, to come over the next three hours. Uh, William Ahern is one of them. Uh, Willie is the proprietor of the bar. Willie, it's great to see you. Kieran, how are you? I'm good, Jen. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. There's, there's been more kind of tip tinge than Kilkenny tinge now, if I had to, uh, we, if I had to start with a criticism. <laughs> no, we welcome everyone here. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Nicky English, a uh, uh, caricature of him looking over my shoulder. God, you I, mean, is it? You're referring to God. <laughs> well, I tell you, maybe the baby Jesus, God is across the border in Kilkenny. Anyway, anyway, he's doing work in Galway at the moment, God. We've, we've loaned him out. Um, listen, this is a massive, massive day for the bar and the celebration, isn't it? It is, Kieran, yeah. Um, you know, probably the last few years when the world was turned upside down with the goings on, it really dawned on me that you really have to mark these occasions. Um, you know, this is a, you know, for, for my family, for my father, my mother, my brothers and sisters, you know, it's a very special time. Like, we're here since the 40s, 1946, so that's 77 years, and, you know, this, the pub here is open 200 years now. So, um, you know, I think it is, it's, you have to mark these occasions and it's, uh, uh, you know, you, please God, we, yeah. we won't be here in 50 years or 100 years maybe, you know, so. Just speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, um, I know you're going to come back with us a little bit later because there's a, a kind of a, a special moment being acknowledged at uh, 23 minutes past six or 18.23 if we go by the 24-hour clock. And um, tell me a little bit about that in advance. Well, um, we've kind of working on this a while now and uh, our good friends up in St. James's Gate there, we approached them uh, with the idea, um, we'd love to get into your archives and have a look at the old recipes. So we got in there, uh, Evelyn up there, she was great, uh, and my Guinness girl here, Elaine, brought us up. And uh, we went through the archives of all the old re- Porter recipes from 1823, basically Arthur Guinness's recipe book. And um, along with the brewer, Paul, um, we, um, we selected a recipe. Now, there was a... Have to do. A, there was a little tweak or two to it. Oh, go on, tell me. Well, you had to, you know, 
drinking porter back in 1823. <laughs> I think our palates now, we, w- we wouldn't be as, our palates wouldn't be as, uh, you know, compared to those days. Okay, so yeah. a little tweak or two, but uh, yeah, we just tapped her up this evening now and she's flowing mighty now and it's, it's going down well here. Yeah, well, listen, um, we're, we're going to be acknowledging that at, at 23 minutes past six, there'll be a glass raised, a glass of the special porter to everybody who's kind of come through these doors and everybody who's come and gone, I guess, in your lives as well, like any toast should be raised uh, to. Uh, so um, Eamon Casey's with us uh, as well, the licensed trade historian. Eamon, you're very welcome. Thank and you very uh, much, Thanks Carol. a million um, for speaking to us. So listen, Willie was telling us, so the mid-1940s, 46, it comes into his uh, family's ownership, the pub here. Bring us back if you can. Now, I don't want to age or anything. I'm not suggesting you, you were around drinking pints here now, Eamon, in 1946. But paint a picture for us, if you can. What, what, what did this bar and the surrounding area look like? What was going on in 1946? In 1946, the Ireland of 1946 was very austere and formal. Um, we had just come out of the, uh, the emergency. Uh, that was the peculiar term that the Irish government termed for the Second World War. And... What we had really was a culture of economic stagnation at the time. And underneath all that culture, a new literary, vibrant literary movement was beginning to take place. And it really took place in this room, in the back bar of the Palace Bar. Uh, This became the place where artists, writers, sculptors, um, all people who were involved in the arts, they began to meet here. And of course, in meeting here, uh, all of them, they also enjoyed their drinks as well. <laughs> so you, uh, you also had, you know, the literary guys like Kavanagh, Behan and Miles. Uh, they would all have uh, uh, drank here. Um, they weren't always enamoured of each other's um, company and they fell out very frequently. But I, I suppose really in the 1940s, Um, the culture that prevailed was most of the emerging literature in Ireland was being banned by the state. Uh, You had literature banned by uh, Eric Cross, Sean O'Fuelan, Benedict Kiley. You had so much literature being being banned. Mm. And this was the place where it all came together. And the person that it all came together through, uh, what I call the palace kingpin, uh, was one Bertie Smiley. He was the editor of the Irish Times at the time. And uh, Bertie had a love of literature, but his second and perhaps his his most abiding love was he loved Irish whiskey. (laughs) And uh, the Palace Bar bottled their own, of course. So uh, uh, Bertie would come in and have his large Irish. But all the the aspiring writers of the age... Uh, they gathered around Sm- uh, uh, Smiley. So it didn't just happen by accident. Like, no. Sm- Smiley encouraged this atmosphere. Absolutely. If you like, uh, uh, Smiley was the first talent spotter of, of Irish literature. And part of that was in a sa- on a Saturday on the Irish Times, uh, he published a poetry page. And for each uh, poem published, uh, it was one pound. And um, one of the great beneficiaries of that was Patrick Kavanagh. Uh, Kavanagh, who had come from the Stony Grey Isle of Monaghan, uh, came to Dublin and he described the Palace Bar at that time as the most amazing temple of art. 
And I, I understand as well, uh, Woody, that uh, uh, another feature in the Irish Times, the crossword, we have to thank the, uh, the Palace Bar as well for, is that right? That's right, yeah. I think it was a, it was a Christmas Eve and they were uh, sitting out the back. Uh, Smiley, I think Alec Newman, the assistant editor, and Crozier, and they, the idea, they hatched the idea of the Irish Times crossword. So, uh, so yeah. all those people who are doing that crossword today, it was, it was born in this very room. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's gas. If we can go back a bit further, um, Eamon, because a Victorian bar is how people would, might describe, you know, the Palace Bar, if they're not kind of denigrating it as a Tipperary haven in Dublin, um, yeah. you know, as some might. Um, but uh, uh, what, what were the key features of a Victorian bar that we still see, that we still enjoy around us here? Uh, absolutely. This, um, this bar, I suppose, it's... It's one of the most original and authentic uh, Victorian pubs in Dublin uh, that has remained intact. Now, the Victorian pub originally originated in Britain uh, after the Second Industrial Revolution. But where they really caught on was in Ireland. And whereas, let's say, Britain of the 40s, 50s and the 60s, uh, they pulled out all the Victorian bars. The same was happening in Ireland. Uh, but luckily, uh, the Ahern family decided they were going to stay loyal uh, to, the, to the Victorian pub. But what you see before you today is essentially what, what, what was in place in the 1880s. This, this, this Victorian renovation is typical of the later uh, Victorian pub. So this would have been completed sometime in the 1880s. And, you know, the only real modifications that you would have had since then is in those days you would have had gas lighting, you have a electric lighting. Yeah. Um, it, it would have been a little more austere in terms of content. But effectively, the back bar, the counters, the partitions, the Victorian snug uh, have remained the same. And uh, the, the, the Victorian snug, of course, has a very interesting story to it. Yeah, tell me that. Well... Over the decades, you know, um, the, the, the snug in Victorian pub has been, let's say, imbibers of all sorts have used it. But the original purpose, the, the original use, I should say, of the Victorian snug was for the Victorian ladies, because... Like, like Alice Leahy down here in the corner. Absolutely, Victorian absolutely. Lady. They came... Um, in those days... All the Irish pubs were pub groceries. Yes. So the front section of the pub was a grocery. And the, the Victorians, after they, import, after they imported all the mahogany for the back bar, there was offcuts of that left over. And they made lead-lined lead bins in it in which they put tea. Now, the Victorian ladies were very quickly finding out that the tea in the Victorian pubs was of a much greater quality than the tea in the provision stores. Yes. The, the provision stores were the former day um, uh, supermarkets. And the reason for that being is the mahogany and lead line bins had greater storage facilities, whereas in the, uh, in the uh, provision stores they had tea chests and the tea could decay climatically or uh, atmospherically. So the Victorian ladies would, would arrive uh, early in the morning, always accompanied by her maid. Okay. Because no, no Victorian lady would be seen dead entering a, a, a pub. But that didn't, mean, that didn't again, mean... Again, like Alice Leahy, she doesn't yes. go anywhere. She never, yes. never goes out for a drink without her maid. 
But that doesn't mean when they came in that they didn't have a tipple or two or three. <laughs> well, listen, it's a, it's, a, it's a lovely story about a lovely pub. And uh, if you're just tuning, tuning in, you wonder what I'm talking about. Uh, we're broadcasting live from the Palace Bar today. They are marking 200 years uh, in existence. And what a 200 years. And they have got a special uh, day of celebrations ahead of them, an evening of celebration. And we are delighted and privileged to be a part of it. Uh, so if you are in the area, I mean, absolutely uh, drop in, as uh, Willie told us, that's special porter that it's not 200 year old porter the recipe is 200 years old we should uh, uh, hasten to add uh, but listen they've got that on tap and everything else as usual and we would love to see you uh, Willie Ahern is the owner of the palace Eamon Casey is a licensed trade historian gentlemen thanks a million uh, for joining us here on the show The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.